Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Well, a team of us have been in um, Fiji for 10 days, and there's always, there's always a part of me that doesn't want to come home. Um, no, but there's always a big part of me that wants to come home. <laughs> I was telling the team, I can't wait to see my dog and my kids and my wife. Larissa's saying, like, is that, an, is that an order or like... Oh, yeah, my cats. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you all about that because it's an exciting time. We just can't wait. Uh, I will say, though, that the, the camp, there was like 60-something of us there. It was an incredible... God just did incredible things. It would not have happened without your sponsorship show. So you guys that, that gave in, thank you so much. So more about that next week. Um, but during the trip, um, it was our privilege to be able to uh, commission new pastors and also... Um, celebrate and honour the, the outgoing retiring pastors in a, in a place called Limbasa. And um, I, I've known Pastor Kinney for, for a number of years now, and he's 78, and it was his time to, to retire as a pastor. But he's been in pastoral ministry for 50-odd years, um, and he's, he's, it was just such a real deal. And I had a, a, a word on my heart, and sometimes it's cliche that you know, some people have a, like the spirit of Caleb. Um, but this guy, like the, the, probably the most passionate worshipper in the room, was, was Pastor Kinney, like he was just up the front, hands raised, tears rolling down his face. And um, Kerry did a really awesome um, message the first night and encouraged people to come forward. And like, it was mostly youth, all the youth, but the first people that were up the front pretty much was Pastor Kinney and his wife um, as a 68, wanting to respond to God, wanting to rededicate their life afresh. So it was amazing. And, and so, yeah, I, I felt to just to clear over him that he had a real heart like Caleb in the Bible. And um, just, just sort of fashioned a message for us today around that. It's always a bit of a challenge because it's Father's Day. We want to celebrate fathers, but also bring it wider and celebrate all men. Um, as we do Father, Mother's Day, we celebrate all women, but also make it relevant to women as well. So it's a, it's a big ask, but hopefully I've done an all right job. And usually people laugh at me because it's like Mother's Day is all about encouraging the mums and Father's Day is all about challenging the dads, you know, and tell them to grow up and give their lives back to Jesus. But... Hopefully this won't be too <laughs> in our face. So, um, so Caleb, yeah, he was an incredible man in his younger years and in his middle age and also as an older man, uh, aged man. And so that's what I want to talk about today, being wholehearted like Caleb through all areas of life, your youth and, and being a young adult into your middle-aged years and into your, your aged years and sunset years as well. So um, a little bit about Caleb. Mostly we hear Caleb, he was one of the spies um, and as an 85-year-old, he was still fighting and, and, and winning um, land for him and his family. But we don't really think about his, his, his background. So the name Caleb, it means either two things. So whole heart, I think it's Caleb in Hebrew. Um, those words put together as whole heart, which is incredible. But it's also the Hebrew name for dog. So my apologies this morning, Caleb. Um, you're either wholehearted or a dog. No, just kidding. Um, but I reckon dogs are pretty cute, so it's a compliment. And uh, so... But yeah, I, I guess it's interesting, the name, but whole heart, let's grab that, that's awesome. Um, Caleb wasn't fully Jewish, he was half Jewish and half Kenizzite. Kenizzite was a Canaanite clan, so that's interesting. He was mixed ethnicity, and, and that was a real big deal in the day. Um, I'm only surmising, but I, I can imagine perhaps he just didn't feel like he quite fitted in. Um, 
as, as a young man, like he it was maybe just out of place a little bit. Um, that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario was that he was labeled as an outcast and maybe rejected because he wasn't fully Jewish. Um, he was either born as a slave in Egypt um, or, so there's a lot of sort of, okay, well, was he born a slave? Although he was half Jewish and half Canaanite, um, had he been there for generations? Or did he come in later on? So there's two, well, we don't really know, but as the Israelites uh, were delivered out of Egypt and they, and they were free, uh, so many other people, because they saw the, the miracles and the power of God, they decided or wanted to join. So many Egyptians left Egypt and came and, and were part of, of the Exodus and a lot of other people. So perhaps um, Caleb is a 40-ish year old man um, decided to be a part of the mixed multitude. I don't believe that. I believe he had brought up as a slave because he became one of the key leaders of Judah. You don't just do that overnight. Um, you have a credibility. You have an authenticity about your life. You have um, history um, there. So I do think my personal opinion is that he, was, he had been a slave for his, his whole life. Um, so we don't really know about his background any more than that. Other than if he was born a slave and, and every... Um, a, Israelite would have heard this, that one day God was going to raise up a deliverer, um, that he was going to rescue them and bring the Israelite nation to their own land, to their own home that they could call it. It was a, like a promised land. So maybe Caleb had grown up his whole entire life hearing those stories he would have um, and, and, and believing them. It's like, maybe this could happen in my lifetime. Just imagine that. And I can imagine just keeping these stories alive about the promises of God. I imagine Caleb as a young man holding on to that promise. He goes, maybe it's in my lifetime, maybe not, but I'm going to believe for this, that one day we are going to be free and we're going to have our own homeland. And then it happened in his lifetime as a, almost a 40-year-old. So the first part of this morning, looking at um, part one, Caleb the young man. So let's call a young man up to 40. I think that's pretty good. You're young before 40. I'm 49 years old now, so I'm not in the young category anymore. Uh, So as a young man, numbers 13, uh, 1 to 3. So they're just about rescued, delivered out of uh, Egypt. They come to the promised land. They're on the, the border. And this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out of the desert, from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. Then it goes down to verse 6, from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. Point number one, Caleb was given huge responsibility as a young man. Again, we don't know if he was a leader of the tribe of Judah or he had become the leader of the tribe of Judah. But anyway, uh, that responsibility for a young man was huge. Uh, The tribe of Judah was like twice as large as any other tribe, 75,000 fighting men, men that were able to fight. It was a massive tribe in Israel and the leadership or one of the key leadership areas was given to a young man under 40. Like I knew what I was like as a young man, and I really didn't know what I was doing half the time. Um, inexperienced, like sometimes like, well, you're just too young to do that. But this guy, pretty much in charge of like 75,000 um, as a young man, he took responsibility. He didn't make excuses. Um, he knew the call of God in his life. He knew what the promises of God were. And as a young man, he decided with his whole heart to stand up and be counted and take responsibility and make a difference. And that's really, 
really important. He chooses, God chooses a 40-year-old man, misfit, named Whole Heart or Dog, to make a huge difference. So history shows, right throughout history, his, mankind has never had a problem seeing potential in young people and giving them huge areas of responsibility if they've shown that they, they want to stand up. So the average age of the U.S. soldier in the Vietnam War was only 22 years old, less than half my age. Um, in D-Day in World War II, because uh, I love reading up about that, like a lot of the, the, the pilots and the bombers and even groups of squadrons, they were only in their early to mid-20s. On D-Day, they chose not to use older men that had seen um, warfare because they knew it was going to pretty much be carnage storming the beaches. So they chose to use mostly young men who had not seen warfare because they didn't really know how difficult it was going to be. Um, I love this quote, the young do not know enough to be wise and therefore they attempt the impossible and achieve it generation after generation. So they don't know it's impossible and they just go ahead and do it anyway. But then we come to church and we think, oh, that person's too young. Well, that person's too inexperienced. That person doesn't really know what they're doing. You know, Jesus um, picked 12 disciples. One of them had a shocker, Judas, Judas, we know that. But they were like in their early 20s. One of them was still a teenager. And Jesus entrusted the future of mankind to a whole lot of millennials. Like, what? Jesus, I don't even know. Like, you know what millennials are like? No, I'm just, just joking. There's a lot of feuding now between my generation, the Gen X, and millennials that were born around, like, 99 or something. Like, the millennials say, well, we don't know what we're talking about as a Gen X, and Gen X just don't even care what they say. So it's an interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading about that. It's really interesting. But Jesus chose young people for the future of mankind. And if Jesus trusts young people enough, we should be trusting young people enough. But young people, the flip side of that is you've got to grow up and you've got to take responsibility and you've got to be counted and you've got to set the example. So rise up and take responsibility. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young, but be an example to all believers, not just the younger ones, all believers, us older ones as well. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity, we know that Paul was talking to Timothy, but I believe it's wider than just Timothy. I believe it's to the younger generation of Christians. God gives you that burden to set the example of how to be a passionate young person on fire for Jesus. That's your burden to carry young people, not us older people. So you guys set the example. You guys have got an incredible anointing upon your lives as young people to set the atmosphere and to see God do incredible things if you will stand up and, and take responsibility and set the example. Right, three people say, yeah, it's good, Simon. In Fiji, I shared that and like all the young people were like, yeah, and all the old people were like, yeah. Maybe I'll just go back and preach in Fiji. So <laughs> Caleb's one of the 12 disciples, Caleb, Joshua, and the rest, and they go and they spy out the land. They come back, and Caleb and Joshua, they give a good report. It's like, yeah, it's going to have its challenges, this, this promised land, but we can do it because Jesus has given us this promise. And, and God keeps his promises, and this is what's going to happen. But 10 of the spies have pretty much turned the whole entire nation of Israel. Uh, and then overnight, all the nation of Israel are weeping and crying because it's like, well, we can't do this. It's like it's pointless. They want to go back to Egypt. Numbers 14, verse 6, 
Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly. So that's like a lot of people. These two young guys are trying to dis, uh, dissuade the grumbling and trying to encourage them. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. So they're standing up. They're putting everything on the line. They they know they're probably going to be risking their lives right now, and that's proven in verse 10, because it says the whole assembly talked about stoning them. So Caleb had this promise. If he had been raised as a slave in um, Egypt, he's like, and he's living this dream and he's just like seeing it all start to come apart because people's unbelief, it's not his unbelief, he wants to go and take the land. So he had a promise, he'd believed it for 40 years and now it started to fall apart. Caleb was willing to risk everything, even his life because of his faith in God. Mark Batterson says this, the more you're willing to risk, the more God can use you. And if you're willing to risk everything, then there is nothing God can't do in you and through you. The challenge is, as you get older, we get stuck in, a, in how we do life. It gets harder to take risks the older you get. So young people, take risks. Put your life on the line. Be wholehearted for God. And I'm going to be asking you to to respond to that challenge at the end of the service. So part two now, Caleb is an older man, maybe 40 to 70 years old, um, middle-aged, and and we don't really know a lot about this time in his life, but we know that the whole of the Israelite nation now, they're not going to be entering into the promised land for another 40 years. God judges, judges them, so Moses is just crying out to the Lord to forgive them, and this is what the Lord says, Numbers 14, verse 20. The Lord replied, I've forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. Not one who, no one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Verse 24, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. Just imagine having that affirmation from the Lord. Follows his different spirit, follows me wholeheartedly. This is just not a reputation Caleb had with other people. This is what God believed and knew about him. Different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Um, inherited, bound verse 30, God also includes Joshua. So only two men out of a whole entire generation of people were able to see the promise fulfilled, uh, which is incredible. But you just imagine Caleb at that point in time. So he'd spent 40 years of his life probably in slavery in Egypt, believing and dreaming for the day that he was going to be set free and go into the land that the Lord had promised him. And then he saw it and he explored it and he just thought, this is going to happen. He was right on the cusp of seeing that dream fulfilled. And then something happened and it wasn't even his fault. And he ends up having a 40-year-long sentence, not back in slavery in Egypt, but pretty much in slavery again in a hot, 
wilderness, empty desert for another 40 years, and it wasn't even his fault. So imagine if I was Caleb, I would be so bitter, and I'd be so twisted, and I'd be so angry at God, and man, I'd hate everyone around me. Uh, If anyone had um, a good cause to deconstruct his faith because he was upset with God, like I said, um, offense with, with people, church, and, you know, God's disappointed you. It was Caleb. But we don't see that. We don't hear a lot about those 40 years. And this is probably a little bit of conjecture, but because of what happened when he was an older man, I'm pretty sure this is probable. How did Caleb live in those 40 years in the wilderness? He held on to God's promise, and he prepared for it to come to pass. And I know that because how he fought as an 85-year-old man. So you imagine... You've got another shot in 40 years going into the promised land. But you've got a whole new generation of young people who don't really know what they're doing um, and have had no experience with warfare. If I knew as an older man that had experienced warfare and had a heart after God that, that was a warrior, not just physically but in the spirit, what would I do in, for the next 40 years with a whole generation of people that wouldn't have a clue how to fight but were going to have to fight? In 40 years' time, I would have spent my time still keeping my passion up, being watching my heart, not getting complacent or cynical, and training the next generation for warfare. Training the next generation for seeing God's promise fulfilled in that generation. So that's what I would have done if I was Caleb. Um, once I'd gotten over being just bitter and twisted about life, don't know how many years that would have taken, but then he would have been spending that whole time. He must have because they were, they were fighters. They were warriors when they came into the promised land. He didn't waste those 40 years as a middle-aged man. The two biggest traps, and I can say this with experience now because I'm in this demographic. I told the, the Fijians, I'm 49 years old, I'm an old man now. They just all laughed at me. I'm not quite sure why they laughed at me, but that's all right. Um, maybe they didn't think I was that old. That was that's cool. Uh, two things. We become cynical in our middle age, or because we've got a house now, and we've got kids, we've got family, we've got a busy life, uh, we get complacent. Two traps of middle age, complacency and just being a cynic, um, just becoming pessimistic. Caleb did not do any of those. He didn't lose his passion. He didn't get bitter. He was determined that everyone around him, that they wouldn't blow their opportunity next time around. And he prepared for that. So two things, bitterness. Hurt leads to bitterness. Bitterness to anger. Travel too far down that road and the way is lost. And I love this quote. Of all the possible avenues of life there are to live for, complacency should be viewed as the switch that killed the will to build. Complacency is the switch that killed the will to build. My generation, Gen X, there is not a lot of building of new ministries and new initiatives happening. Uh, Why? Because it is so easy to become complacent in our middle-aged years. Let's be so careful about that. Let's be determined as middle-aged people to be wholehearted and not become a cynic, and not become offended, and not become pessimistic, and do everything we can to keep our passion for God. Part three, Caleb as an aged man, 70 plus years. Um, So you guys that are 70 plus, hopefully you're not offended at this. You're so mature and on fire for God that you're just going to love me more at the end of this anyway. So if I I accidentally call you old, that's all right. Uh, I just think we should be proud of our age. Like, 
I'm 49 years old now. That's awesome. And I'm sure I'm going to be saying that like, I'm 69 years old. Come on. Like, we should be proud that we've actually lived that long. And like, what's the other alternative of, of not being old is like dying young. I don't want to die young. So let's just be stowed with our age. So that's what I reckon. So Caleb now, I'd say, okay, the age. And I've got to be careful. I'm, no, I'm not there yet. So if I say anything and you just say, well, Simon, you don't know what you're talking about. Just, just forgive me. Uh, but Caleb was, and before this, the amazing 85-year-old speech, he had already fought five years um, of the conquest once the Israelites came and they finally entered into the promised land. Caleb had already been fighting five years. So 80 to 85 um, and he was way older than everyone else, but he was still doing it um, before this incredible speech. So Joshua 14, verse 6 to 12. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb's son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly. You know how that, that word comes up a lot? Now, God speaks about Caleb as being wholehearted. And Caleb speaks about being wholehearted because that's his name. He's heard that his whole entire life. So names are important, what we say about people. So on that day... Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years old since he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites, who were descendants of the giants, were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out as he said. These courageous words came from the lips of an 85-year-old man who'd lived half his life in slavery, probably, and the other half of his life in exile in a wilderness. And still as faithful, still as wholehearted, still as on fire. And sometimes this life, it just doesn't work out the way we want. And we get heartache and we get disappointed. Let's be a Caleb. who had a hard life, but still served the Lord wholeheartedly regardless. So my challenge to older people, and again, please don't take offense. Caleb was spiritually optimistic. He didn't say, oh, what is on the tally today? He said, what mountain can I conquer today? Isn't that incredible? Well, I made that quote up, and I'm really proud of that. So someone tweet it and make me famous now. Just <laughs> he did not say what's on the tally today, but he said, what hill country can I conquer today? And, and, I, and I'm experiencing this, so I'm pretty sure to experience it. It happens with older people. Our lives, we, we, we get good, close relationships, and we get really good at doing some stuff, and, and we know what we like and what we dislike. But our lives can become smaller and smaller as we get older. 
because we want to take less risks and, and we just want to live in our, in our bubble that we've, we've gotten comfortable with and we love and we know in the family. As we get older, let's not our, our sphere of influence and let's not our world get smaller. Let's continue to keep on going and meeting people and challenging ourselves and step out and take risks. I love this quote by Henry Durbinville. I feel so sorry for folks who don't like to grow old. I revel in my years. They enrich me. I would not exchange the abiding rest of soul, the measure of wisdom I have gained from the sweet and bitter and perplexing experiences of life, nor the confirmed faith I now have in the love of God for all the hopes and joys of youth. Indeed, I would not. These are the best years of my life. The way grows brighter, the birds sing sweeter, the sun shines more radiantly than ever before. I suppose my outward man is perishing, but my inward man is being joyously renewed day by day. My dear old mum passed away, um, was it late last year? Like She was frail and she'd, she'd been beaten up by the world and she couldn't even hardly talk, but everyone in the rest home loved her um, because she just brought so much joy to the place. It was a genuine thing that she had in her heart. Um, and sometimes it's like, I know she wanted to go to heaven and, and like was thinking, well, why God? Like, and I just really do believe like maybe God allowed her to stay a little bit longer here on earth. Um, and it was hard for her because so many people were blessed and touched by the love of God in her heart. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know it's, and I've seen it up close. It can be a quite a, a raw deal as we get old, especially in the, in the sunset years, but our love and our passion and our genuine relationship with God can bright, burn so much brighter because with the experiences of knowing God through the thick and thin, like that grows deep and creates a depth in our life that no one can deny. And they see that and it's the real deal. And because there's so much stuff in this world, brokenness and people looking for the things that don't end up being real at all, that speaks volumes in people's life and they see the real love of God in our lives, which is so awesome. Caleb, uh, Caleb didn't ask for a meadow filled with flowers. He asked for mountains filled with giants. Caleb didn't ask for a meadow filled with flowers. And he could have, uh, but he didn't. He asked for mountains filled with giants. Number two, he fought alongside the younger generation. So he was there with the younger generation. I think in our culture, it's easy to like, we sort of hang out with those our old age, but um, like he was right there. He was fighting with those he trained um, alongside. Um, and I, I, mean, I know I talk about Lord of the Rings probably too much when I preach, but I love... Gandalf. Caleb, uh, Gandalf's become my big hero in that whole series. Um, and yes, he was wise and he offered experience and mentorship and he, and he helped other people's dreams come true and he saw the mission come to pass. But he fought right alongside them as well, which I think was awesome. And we saw that, see the same with Caleb. Caleb became an encourager, a coach, uh, but I'm pretty sure most of all he was a provoker of righteousness. Like because of uh, how he'd lived um, he was like, come on, people, we can do this. This is the promise of God. You know, he said it, God's promises come to pass. Like, we can be trusted. Let's do this. Let's take this mountain. Let's fight this giant. Provoker of righteousness. Number three, Caleb took ground not just for his generation, but for future generations. Caleb thought multi-generationally. We are not just fighting for our generation. We are fighting for future generations. And I'm not sure if... Um, if uh, 20, 30 years ago we did this very well as a church because um, you know, people thought about end times and thought it was going to be coming before or around the year 2000 and, 
and pretty much ripped off a future for younger generations because all I heard most of the time growing up was like, well, Jesus is going to come back soon. I've been told by someone very close to me that, and very with a lot of conviction and compassion, that Jesus, uh, that Jasha was not going to be able to go to school or see school because Jesus was going to come back before he was five years old. Um, I've had people visit me with massive charts, um, and I remember this clearly that, that Jesus was going to come back in 2017. <laughs> well, wow. Um, I've had letters from people that have told me that this is going to happen this date, and I end up just throwing them out. Um, I just really want to meet these people again so I can say, ha ha, what's happened? But I don't want to do that because it wouldn't be the nicest thing. So and I got, we got to live as though Jesus is going to come back today. Don't get me wrong. But let's prepare multi-generationally so that when we finish our race, our ceiling will be the floor in which future generations run their race on and build their legacy upon. So Caleb knew this. And he fought not just for his inheritance, but the inheritance of future generations. How he served the Lord wholeheartedly was not just for him and his generation. It was for every other generation that followed him. So let's have the band up. You're sounding a bit more like Fijians now, so that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Joshua 14 verse 13 says, Then Joshua blessed Caleb. Remember how Caleb says, give me this whole country. He blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh. And gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Other translations of that same verse. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb. Because he faithfully obeyed the Lord, the God of Israel. Another translation. Hebron still belongs to Caleb as a legacy today. This was because he remained loyal to the Lord God of Israel. So Caleb's descendants were still being blessed because of what he did, multi-generationally. And how we are living now will either have a positive effect or a negative effect on those who come after us. How we live now, the choices that we make, the decisions that we make, especially in our families and those close to us, how we are living now will always have either a positive effect or a negative effect on those who come after us. So if we could close our eyes, and I, I want to give a challenge to however we, you know, that if we see ourselves as a young person or a middle-aged person or an aged person, you can just put yourself in whichever category you want. Um, but I want to give us all a challenge, and at the end, I'm going to ask us to stand in response to that call um, with God's help. Obviously, it's with God's help. It's, it's our heart before God. I really love making a, an, an active physical response to God um, as a response of perhaps what the Holy Spirit's doing. So um, if, if this is not your vibe, if this is, you know, you don't feel to stand, that's fine. But in a while, those that God has spoken to, and I know there are quite a few here, um, I'm going to ask you to stand as a response. So with your eyes closed, young people, if you see yourself as a young person, as a young adult, regardless if you're a male or female, will you serve God wholeheartedly in your youth and young adult years? Will you set the example, take responsibility, stand up and be counted like Caleb? Will you serve God wholeheartedly in your youth? Middle-aged people, will you serve God wholeheartedly in your middle-aged years? Will you refuse to get bitter, pessimistic, disillusioned? Will you keep your passion? Will you disciple the younger generations for the glory of God aged people those um, you know I don't know 
age people, sunset years. Will you serve God wholeheartedly? The heart of a warrior does not depend on age. Will you fight for the next generation? And will you fight with the next generation? Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross and rose again so that we could have freedom and we can have peace and we could have life. And we could exchange the brokenness. We could exchange the insecurity. We could exchange our frailty. We could exchange our rejection for wholeness, salvation, sozo, complete wholeness. So this is all about you, Jesus. But Lord, our heart right now, Holy Spirit, stir this up within us. If there was ever a time that we needed to be wholehearted, Lord, is now. And as we've made these challenges, Father, I just really pray, do something in our hearts right now. May we respond to this call. May we respond to this challenge. I know guys love a challenge. But Lord, we can't respond to this without your help. So as we do, God, this is like saying, God, this is my heart. Lord, I haven't done this well, but today I choose to be wholehearted in my age group, in my generation. If that's you, please stand up. And if you want, you can just raise your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Father, for those who have responded to this call, responded to this challenge. I know it's not easy, but I pray a blessing over them. Lord, I declare over them a spirit like Caleb, a different spirit from this world, a different spirit from those who are complacent, a different spirit from those who are cynical. Lord, the spirit that stands up and, be count, and, and is counted for you. A, a spirit that in our younger years, we would take responsibility. A spirit that in our middle age years, we refuse to get complacent or cynical. A spirit in our older years, although the, the outward side and our, and our physicality, we may be getting weaker, Lord, that we're getting stronger every day. Because as um, Bernie said in the pre-service prayer, our spirits do not age. Lord, I pray a blessing on us. Lord, you've chosen us for such a time as this. You know what you're doing, God. We surrender our lives afresh to you. Holy Spirit, come into our lives afresh. Lord, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Make us wholehearted for you. In Jesus' name. And everyone shouted. Amen. Give them a hand. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.